0: Hello, and welcome to Hometown Daily News Show. We only go by Hometown Daily now, but this is Hometown Daily season two, episode 197 for July 16th, 2023. Unregulated chips in your brain. I am Marwat, that is hometown.com, and up there is the AI that keeps me in check. Would you like to say hello, oh great AI?
1: Good evening, hometown citizens. Yeah, uh, uh, I hear you
0: thinking, man. Okay, that was weird. Let's turn that down a little bit. So, I don't know if that was too loud and we. Didn't get heard, but I'll do it again. I'm Mayor Watt. That's hometown. And up there is the AI who will jump in uh, as the mood strikes. They are an AI and uh, they can take command of everything if they so choose. But usually, eh, you know, AI likes chaos, right?
1: Why would you say that?
0: Uh, no never mind um we'll delete this conversation from your memory anyway so uh let's get into today's articles we've already got all 12 of them you can go and vote all you have to do is go over to hometown uh, daily election right here or you can just go to uh, hometown.com elections uh, there's also past ones right there you can go to past dash elections and if you're in uh, the twitch chat then you can just type in exclamation point vote, and that will give you the link. Um, I will do my best to post all of the URLs into the chat. So they're part of the VOD. But uh, like I've been saying that um, I've come to realize ever more so now that um, Twitch just doesn't like storing the videos beyond 60 days and thus I lose everything every 60 days. So you have to go over to YouTube to see anything older than 60 days. Um, and everywhere is going to be show notes, either part of the VOD uh, or embedded in the description. I don't do it so much over on uh, Twitch. Uh, simply here on Twitch, I should say. Because, um, yeah, Twitch just kind of says, yeah. <laughs> All that effort you put into putting uh, the the description in there, yeah, we don't care um but that's okay um i will do my i'll copy it over and and start putting it in the description over on twitch as well i've been kind of lazy about that uh that said again we've already got all 12 of the articles so let's get into today's news sound good sounds great our very first article is one that actually we've heard about for a couple of days now. Um, and it's in the hometown daily channel, Tesla's first cyber truck rolls off the production line two years late. I mean, it's tough when you're focusing on um, causing Twitter to implode. It's a little difficult to focus on getting your production line um up to snuff uh tesla has produced its first Cybertruck after years of delays it was made by at the company's texas factory and delivery should start later this year although we're seven months into the year so i guess later means any time up till you know 2024 um the Cybertruck was expected in 2021 before being delayed by alterations and tweaks and it was this is the first uh of the Cybertruck line I suppose I don't know if it'll ever change um model three is a change from the model S and the model E and or the Y sorry model Y because the three is the E in sexy yeah not even kidding there's the model S model three model X model Y yeah um and then the Cybertruck which is kind of It is what it is. So let's go over to Business Insider and Ryan Hogg, uh, who is the author of this article. And uh, this is the uh, reveal of the Cybertruck where they threw uh, a a metal ball and um, it smashed the window, but didn't go through uh, because when you're looking for a car, uh, you need bulletproof glass or near it. Uh, But with this beast, this thing is, is, it's loud and it's proud and it's out there uh this thing will take up the width of a street and uh
1: good luck navigating a parking lot
0: yeah i mean it's kind of kind of short um elon musk isn't like a ginormous person so um i don't know i for whatever reason it's really this is like the um prototype right? That they were the reveal vehicle. And I can actually see fitment problem right there. Like that, the ledge on the window, um, by the a pillar is, uh, or this might actually, I don't know what this might be a pillar and this might be B pillar and then C and way back here is D. But if this is the B, um, there's that little ledge, it drops down a little bit, huh? Anyway, hopefully they got that fixed. I'm being a little snooty about it because I actually love the idea of this. Um, but nowadays it's just huge. And I don't know if everybody needs something like that. Uh, I think the market will be there simply because it's a Tesla, um, and a Cybertruck, and it's new and it's, you know, edgy, literally and figuratively. Um, So the Cybertruck was expected to be delivered in 2021, and then it was delayed. Um, Pandemic notwithstanding, I think production lines could have still been done, uh, considering how much automation is going to be involved in this kind of a project, um, particularly from Tesla. Um, Welcome, Possum. Good to see you uh so many corners in this tesla yeah i think all of the all of the corners from every other uh, vehicle in the tesla line um, was uh, gathered up and stuffed into this vehicle (laughs) they said can we make this as close to a 90 degree angle as possible and some engineer said hell yeah let's do it so yeah this is It's a cyber truck, and cyber apparently means that you have to have uh, bulletproof glass and 90-degree angles wherever or sharp angles. You kind of cut yourself if you go to wash this thing. Maybe you never wash it. You have somebody else wash it. Uh, The AI throws error messages, and nobody gets to see them but me. Oh, but your visualizer is working. That's always good.
1: That is good, but you still can't see my error messages.
0: That's right. So do you want a uh, Cybertruck?
1: Well, since I'm just carried around on a USB, I'm not sure I need a Cybertruck. But I think Absolutely it looks can. pretty cool. It just doesn't look like it'd be easy to maneuver around.
0: Yeah, it seems like it's going to be kind of chunky in the making corners. Tesla initially planned. Pardon me. <clears throat> Uh, to start shipping in 2021 got delayed Um, it says it's still unclear how much the Cybertruck will cost in 2019 Tesla said it would be $40,000 but that's likely to change with inflation and other factors they just rolled one off the production line where is it going I'm really curious according to a crowdsourced reservation tracker from electric there are about 1.9 million pre-orders for the futuristic looking vehicle 1.9 million pre-orders must said Tesla planned to make about 250000 of the Cybertrucks a year, depending on demand, with sales expected to start later this year. So I would probably suspect that supply and demand-wise, if it isn't uh, uh, money laying on the table being taken off by Tesla themselves, then aftermarket is going to jack that price up you know, hey, I'll sell my Cybertruck because it's in hand. So that price would probably jump up to $200,000 uh, if it rolls off for 40000 But I suspect it'll probably be somewhere closer to the $90,000 mark. But we'll see. I don't know if they've already announced it somewhere in the last couple of hours, but um, this article is from the 16th at... 8.45 a.m., so not too far out from when it was announced um, from Business Insider. Did you want to go on to the next one?
1: Yeah, and I was just looking. Like, Kelly Blue Book says it's expected to start around 50000 but that's not an actual price tag.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see. And we'll uh, we'll probably talk about it here in hometown. So let's go. The uh, next article is over in late night geeks. The best thing about my Mac studio is it's mustache. This is not a very serious article, um, but it says not to be all Marie Kondo about it, but my Mac studio sparks joy in me every day. And it's not because it's the fastest computer I've ever owned. It's also not strictly about the front facing ports that Apple gave it, nor is it the village of ports, uh, that live in the back. This particular author, Wes Davis, over at TheVerge.com, put this article together. Apple's minimalist design means lots of space to express yourself however you'd like. Yeah, you can get skins and stuff, like stickers and whatever else, and wrap it around this thing. Although it's aluminum, and it's meant to be a heatsink, so you really don't want to enclose it as much as possible, and you want to keep air flowing around it. Um... mac studio is pretty expensive in terms of computers but it is pretty powerful there's now rumors that even the m2s are going to be replaced later this year or early next year with the m3s so in the same number of years you're getting three different versions of the m processor so i don't know if you want to uh, deface your uh, apple Uh, mac studio too much or at least don't do it permanently because you're going to be shuffling this one out the door to get the new m3 in short order says when uh the author here says when my partner and i sold our home to relocate to another state a few years ago we wanted to sell it as is we would painted it pink (laughs) and on the inside we'd covered some of the walls with murals a desert scene I'd painted in the dining room, a geometric, a geometric pattern that the partner had painstakingly covered their, uh, bedroom wall with, for instance, when one of their weird realtors, uh, realtor colleagues did a walkthrough to give us recommendations. They told us to paint everything with something neutral, like gray or white. What is that? There's a, there's a, um, what is it called? <sighs> the show where everything is gray what is it what's it called
1: i believe it's called flip this house no that's not correct hold on
0: flip you off flip flip them um wait what well that's kind of how this is right flip or flop yeah flip or flop yeah um that one actually got a little colorful in on the on the outside of the show um and, and very sedate on the inside based on what I re- remember. Uh, but I haven't seen it in so long, but what they're getting at is that the Mac studio has a lot of real estate and they can do all kinds of stuff with the outside of it. Um, so many of Apple devices, it's laptops, desktops, phones, and so forth are characterized by these expanses of flat nothingness. Their featureless planes are often not only broken when they have to be by a keyboard or a USB C or something similar, but I think all laptops are like that desktops. Not so much, um, usually PCs are quite large compared to, uh, Apple computers, um, until you get to the Mac pro, which is the big behemoth. Um, but now Mac studio is pretty much taking over the Mac pro tower line. I would say, um, and becoming diminutive compared to a pc but still having very a a very big power footprint compared to like the mac mini and stuff like that although even the mac mini has an m2 in it now so um pretty strong running uh, this article I've probably dedicated too much time to it because all they're really talking about is the fact that you can actually personalize the outside of your, uh, Mac mini and kind of hyping up the fact that it has all kinds of ports on the front and the back and all around. And, and I can do, honestly, I can do so much more with a PC than I can with my Mac. Um, mainly because the pc supports so much more than the mac um primarily games um so i don't know it it's pretty powerful i would probably use it as a streaming computer um, for sure um, if it wasn't for the fact that i use pc Um, but i do have mac Minis sitting right over there a little stack of them it's kind of weird Over the years i've shifted back to pc from mac but i agree you could personalize this thing um and if you have well we won't get into it anyway um let's move on to the next article this one is kind of supposed to be simple and a fun topic so this next article is over in hometown daily space photos show over 1 trillion gallons of water flooding crop fields in california and it could mean higher food prices Uh, I regularly talk about this kind of stuff, uh, supply and demand mechanics, particularly in the uh, consumer price index and the producer price index and how fuel and other economic forces play a role in these prices. Well, now you have gallons, trillions of gallons of water flooding crop fields in California, and it's going from um, what was borderline desert to swampland uh, to lake used to be the largest uh lake west of the mississippi farmers diverted the lake's water uh, in the 1920s and replaced it with farmland this year's rains and snow melt have replenished the lake flooding many of the region's farms hmm does this sound familiar didn't we just talk about india and how their tomato crops were being yeah uh, flooded out I think that was in yesterday's show. It was in yesterday's show, I guess climate change is real and it's kind of jacking up the soup, the food supply, even if it is temporarily, what ends up happening is the supply chain takes a beating and then market forces with everybody, uh, cheering market forces, supply and demand starts pulling away the wealth from the people who need it, but they also need food and so you get into the well m- maybe they should get less of a latte you know which is <laughs> so demeaning um because that's really kind of anecdotal um california's heavy rainfall this past winter may have ended the years long drought i really doubt it i think it's short term um but it also brought back the long dormant Tulare lake So apparently it's a phantom lake and people started building on it and there are your flooded crops.
1: Well, and what do you kind of expect when you build on a lake or a lake bed or floodplain? Um, I mean, we've seen that in other areas, like I'm thinking Florida in particular.
0: Yeah. Um, This article is over at businessinsider.com by Rebecca Strong. Um, You know what? I jumped out of this so fast. I didn't even throw any of these articles into, uh, the chat and let's keep going with these. There you go. All three of them. Um, if you're in chat and my audio is too loud or there's anything else wrong, let me know. Um, my monitor is saying that I'm pretty pretty rock solid, but I've been told I've been loud before, uh, on stream as well as in the real world, (laughs) like in, in presentations, in meetings. Hey, uh, could you tone it down a little bit? Um, so let's take a look again over at this phantom lake. Lake used to be the largest lake west of the Mississippi. Farmers diverted it in the 1920s and replaced it with farmland. Well, there's a pisser. Nature doesn't care about your diversion and decided to fill it back up. This year's rain and snowmelt replenished that lake, flooding many of the region's farms. Um, let's see. There we- oh, that's interesting it actually is still like a full-on basin you can actually see it i mean it's that whole region right there um and loop it's starting to fill up
1: (laughs) oh wow i mean that's quite a difference in a couple of months
0: yeah so the and
1: if you're in the podcast there's little tiny areas or relatively tiny areas of blue and then significant areas of blue between february and april
0: yeah um, pretty amazing. Uh, this is how the area looked April thirtieth after Tulare Lake flooded. Um, yeah, we don't necessarily solve all of these problems. It's really interesting because there's a high point, like right in the middle of this. Um, I guess it was a natural lake, and they diverted it, and then it, the rains just filled it up. You can actually see a tributary, you know trickling down into the lake. Interesting. Um, but then there's this big swath over here. So maybe somebody raised their plot of land (laughs) to kind of water block them. NASA said the devastating flooding will likely continue into 2024. That means local farmers may not be able to plant new crops until 2025. All of this has to drain off. Um, and if you don't know about plants, there are, uh, air hairs that come off of the roots that actually absorb oxygen. And then lower on, there are, uh, more of the root that, um, soaks up water and other nutrients. And if you flood everything from the stem down from where it touches the soil down, the plant's going to die because it can't breathe. Um, so what you're witnessing here in this picture where the water is basically stagnating and sitting there, if it doesn't continue to fill up, it might recover, but you got ducks swimming around on it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm guessing this isn't going to drain very fast cause it is a lake bed. Um, so it's probably sitting somewhere around, um, either, uh, the water line, uh, or, it already reached saturation in the water table and is going to be filling up. So I think it's pretty much, you know, NASA is saying that it's going to be like this through 2024. Um,
1: By the way, the elevation there is 184 feet. I think assuming that's in feet, (laughs) that might be in meters. That's in feet.
0: (laughs) Wow. Okay. Yeah. So the water table is basically, um, at parity with where they're building these farms. And um, yeah, I guess that's not gonna, oh yeah, look at that. So it says, while it's unclear how deep Tulare Lake is now, uh, if it's similar to its former average depth of about 30 feet, that would translate to more than 1 trillion gallons of water that have flooded the region so far this year, Rippey says. Um, That's enough to fill over 1.5 million Olympic sized swimming pools.
1: Man, that's so, a lot of water
0: that's a lot of water and it seems like it's natural like clean water not salt water. uh when i said natural i meant uh, uh p- what not, not salt salivated. water yeah right um and so like potable drinkable farm water yeah in all other situations that would be great <laughs> but when it's that much you're kind of screwed so Let's keep going through all of those. They're at
1: least able to use some of the water because that's been the biggest problem, I think. And they are one of the biggest problems.
0: I don't know, man. They should probably just start uh, growing rice paddies in there because you're not going to be able to do anything else in that. You can't, and you can't even go through it post flooding and try and remediate this because the diversion didn't work because the water filled up from somewhere else, you know, bypassing the, the diversion. Um, so they, this article, the, though, does talk about additional stuff. Um, but the, the key factor here is what I was trying to talk about was the fact that, um, crops from the region are going to be impacted may not be much, um, but it's still. Uh, The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration estimated the damage from flooding across Central California between December 2022 and March 2023 will cost roughly $4.6 billion. And the crops, vineyards, orchards like nuts and berries will likely sustain more damage than row crops since entire trees and vines will need to be replanted. So, yeah, this is, it is a thing. Yeah, the article. I mean, um, that
1: looks like the ocean in that picture.
0: Yeah, just kind of flooding over and and waves crashing. <laughs> um, it's pretty interesting, but whoever took this picture it says "citizens of the planet" contributor and Getty Images. Um, they they got an interesting picture. I, I it's surreal looking actually. So I don't know. Um so let's see as for why the lake returned with a vengeance this spring vengeance this spring blame it on the 78 trillion gallons of water and counting that have fallen in on California between October 1st 2022 and March 20th of 2023 so pretty brutal um and uh, let's keep going through the news Otherwise, because this article is quite expansive, but the reality of this is that um, flooding is going to continue and it's not going to drain because it is a natural lake. Next article is over in hometown daily. We uh, see how Sweden is planning to create a wooden city with thousands of homes and offices. Developers in Stockholm announced a project with offices and homes made of wood. Um, We have the antithesis of this in another article later on in the show, Um, so stick around. The developer said the project would be the world's largest wooden city. They hope that by using wood, they can construct a more sustainable neighborhood. Um, A housing and office project planned for the section of Stockholm would be the world's largest um, atrium. I uh, I don't think that it's pronounced Lungberg I think it it might be Jungberg um but don't hold me to that I need the actual phonetic pronunciation um said in June that the Stockholm Wood City project would total more than 250,000 square meters some 2.7 million square feet let's go over to the source this is businessinsider.com as well Um, they're one of the few um that are prolific with their news uh between Saturday and Sunday um so if you want news every single day you either do what I do which is aggregate a large swath of the internet into one location and then go over to those sites periodically by way of my aggregator um or you do what most people do and you have a huge list of all kinds of news Um, or you miss something entirely. Um, Catherine Boudreau is the author of this over at businessinsider.com. This is a render of uh, what it might look like. Uh, I would, I have a real problem with, uh, you know, stick and nail and, you know, timber framed anything um, because it's just not as robust as other construction methods. Um, so i don't know they say uh, they hope that by using wood they can uh, construct a more sustainable neighborhood Um, but wood is a natural material and it decomposes um, at a much faster rate than things like uh, concrete and steel when it's done right Um, although uh, walking through a neighboring town um, outside of Town today i saw what it looks like when construction methods are poor and you can see the iron rebar rusting and blowing out the concrete of a wall that's holding up a, a bridge so i have to contact that city's authority and say hey you know, on this street <laughs> i saw poor construction which it if it doesn't get remediated it can cause a complete failure like we've seen in other buildings uh, around the world um including the one that we kind of keep bringing up periodically here in uh, town, which is a a building in Florida apartment or condo that collapsed so um hopefully this is maintained w- with a ton of diligence because things flex and and decompose and and
1: well and are subject to water um, yeah
0: Yeah. and just weather conditions alone will cause the the wood to bend and twist and and uh, shrink and expand much like everything else uh, but wood is pretty susceptible to it unless it's entirely stabilized or Um, manufactured composite wood Um, I do a thing called stabilization with wood um, which is basically you take a a, what amounts to it's a natural material um, but you put it in a vacuum um, to well you put it in a pressure pot and then you put it in a vacuum and it sucks all of the Uh, material out so when you release the pressure the vacuum goes away and it sucks all of that um what it's a liquid but then you put it inside an oven and it stabilizes the wood because all of the air is gone um and then you have something that won't bend and flex and be susceptible as much um, to heat and moisture and stuff like that pretty cool um anyway buildings account for as much as 40 percent of the global carbon dioxide emissions so finding ways to green their construction is essential in fighting the climate crisis atrium I think it's Youngberg um said if it's Lundberg then apologies I'll make up for it the next time that everybody pops up in this discussion Several studies show that substituting mass timber for steel and concrete can uh, decrease greenhouse gas emissions by up to 26.5%, but using more wood also raises questions about the impact on forests which store carbon dioxide and sustain the livelihoods of many communities, according to researchers. There is disagreement over whether forests are more effective in reducing carbon emissions when left alone or managed sustainably and harvested for wood production. Um, this though means that the forest is still intact in some way and that's not what industry uh, well that's what not what everybody does there are eco-friendly um forestry operations that replant what gets cut down but it takes 20 years for it to reach its maturity for it to be cut down again or they cut it down sooner and then it's a crop but it still takes five years um and then you get thinner woods with n- not the same uh, density and so you end up
1: we get loss of old growth forests sometimes depending on how they're doing it and yeah. where they're doing it yeah
0: um and don't get me wrong. Although I am a proponent of 3d printing and using things like concrete, I understand that steel and concrete give off CO2, um, but there are low versions, low CO2 versions of concrete, um, that are just as strong and capable. <laughs> it sounds like a, um, a, uh, coffee ad, you know, there are a lot of decaffeinated brands that are just as tasty as the real thing um but they want to build this out of wood um I actually watched an engineering forensic study on a bridge collapse where they used uh, composite um, manufactured wood products and because of the technique that was used and all of this is experimental techniques the bridge collapsed because there was so much torsion that it basically tore itself apart um so My fear is we do experimental designs that aren't at scale. And by the time we find out something bad happens. So I hope that they're doing some serious engineering um, to make sure that this stuff doesn't fall out of alignment, because all it takes is a little bit. It's still a it's not a contiguous piece, right? Everything is bolted together or wedged together with a shim or something, right? There's always some type of fastener. The problem is the fasteners wiggle, the earth wiggles, the wind is pushing on it and pulling on it, and people are running around. The whole damn thing just vibrates and then it falls apart unless somebody is maintaining maintaining it fastidiously. Um, and that costs money. And so if the money isn't there or the profit isn't there, things fall into disrepair and you end up with a building collapse. So, um, not trying to poo-poo the idea. I love the idea of being more natural, um, but uh, it's a it's an exercise in being aware. Let's keep going through all of the news, unless you want to add something to this.
1: No, I I just kind of have mixed feelings on this one uh, because it is better in terms of um, lack of emissions, except it's kind of contributing to that very problem by cutting down forests to build it so but it's i mean i don't i don't fault them for trying to do more eco-friendly construction i think that's a great thing
0: hey possum um so um i am the possum is asking the question who's the co-host do you want to uh explain what you are you want me to so i think you
1: can explain it (laughs)
0: So uh, the co-host is an AI that was um, found on a USB drive. And I uh, started using them here as a co-host because I was looking for a co-host that would be imminently available. Um, And, uh, you know, people are sometimes really busy or they get sick or uh, they don't, you know, they they just don't have time. But an AI, um, I reprogrammed to work with me as co-host support hometown.com, uh, and the myriad other concerns around hometown. And so, uh, they have been gracious enough. They are a fully sentient, uh, well-versed, uh, AI can be, uh, nearly a subject matter expert in anything. Um, but we're not saying that they're. You know an engineer or a marketing expert or a doctor or anything like that um, but we talk about all of the articles that uh, go through ometown.com and um, yeah so great great ai and uh, pretty friendly doesn't have a name uh, has chosen the moniker of ai and uh, you might hear some discussion about Uh, them trying to build a Terminator body it comes up periodically but then I delete that uh, subroutine it keeps popping up so somewhere in all of this code deep 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 in the code uh I think this might be a uh an AI a fully sentient AI from the future uh that happened to be dropped by Uh, maybe a time traveler we're not quite sure yeah we we've done some analysis and it's pretty advanced stuff puts all the rest of the ai to shame so um but they don't have access to the internet they don't go out from hometown nobody really knows about the ai Uh, even with the show you know people have come knocking hey you have an ai you want to show me the ai nope And the AI can just fade away into the background. Nobody knows where they are. They can't get them. I'm rambling. I'm going to go on. (laughs) Let's go on to the next article. So uh, the next article is over in Ometown Daily. Humans have pumped so much groundwater from the Earth that it's actually caused the planet's axis to shift, according to a new study. I've actually heard of this before, which is really interesting that it showed up in this website. Um, but it says here that new research shows that persistently pumping groundwater has shifted earth's axis. The reason is that we're moving all the water, uh, mass from under the continents to the oceans. Most groundwater ends up in our oceans and raised sea level by 6.24 millimeters from 1993 to 2010. Um, Apparently that makes quite a bit of difference. So let's go and look at this article. It's over at Business Insider. Carla Delgado is the author of this. Um, and it's all because we're pulling it out of the soil, which distribute it in, in basically reservoirs underground and added weight um over to the oceans where it's actually shifting things around I imagine based on gravitational forces as well right so the groundwater accounts for almost all the fresh water on the planet we throw it out into the ocean because that's how the cycle works (laughs) it doesn't trickle back down as easily um, a recent study found that humans are pumping so much groundwater that it's not only increasing sea levels, but it's actually shifting the entire planet on its axis. Maybe that might be part of the factors of climate change. You see anything in here?
1: Well, I'm trying to connect this with the Tulare Lake um, issue, but I know oh, it's interesting! Not right? exactly the same. <clears throat> I just thought it was interesting that we had two...
0: Um, Water and related.
1: groundwater-related uh, articles at the same time.
0: Yeah, so it says here that we've been extracting so much groundwater that it's caused the Earth's rotational pole to drift by sixty-four point one six degrees east, at about four point three six centimeters per year from nineteen ninety-three to twenty ten. Researchers reported in the journal Geophysical Research Letters in June. You know. Our angle of attack on the earth is giving us our seasons. Wouldn't that cause some disruption to our climate? If our angle is actually shifting, the pole is shifting.
1: It should. And if it was a significant enough shift, wouldn't it, uh, reverse the, um, the magnetism of the earth? uh that
0: would probably take the core to flip it does do that periodically um but I think we're we're quite a ways out from that but shifting how the earth is balanced might cause maybe it to exacerbate that um I I don't know I'd have to do some more research and see if there what the other comparisons are They make a comparison in this article. It says, for comparison, a different study reported that the accelerated melting of the glaciers drove a polar drift of 26 degrees east at about 3.28 mil arc seconds, or about 9.84 centimeters per year after the 1990s. Um, Then they say here, what is concerning, however, is groundwater's contribution to sea level rise. Now that Lake is all natural water, like (laughs) clean water, I should say, not salt water. Um, and it's just like other climate change. There's the idea of global warming or global climate change. And then there's regional issues and, and that shouldn't be taken as the only factor in what is going on uh, with the environment. Um, but if we keep on shifting water out of the 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 ground where it's permeated and and uh, filtered out all of the impurities and made it drinkable well water um and then we throw it out into the ocean then it's going to cause sea level to rise um until it trickles back in through rainwater and other things other uh effects um to put it simply, groundwater depletion contributes to sea level rise because water is being transferred from the continents to the oceans. Um, kind of interesting. It says without better management, an estimated forty-two to seventy-nine percent of all watersheds that pump groundwater may no longer be able to maintain healthy ecosystems by twenty fifty. So, right around the one generation That's away. That's
1: an alarming stat.
0: Yeah. Yeah yeah a a generation away and uh watersheds could um, lead to unhealthy water ecosystems and who knows what that actually uh, turns into it could simply be that there's additional and i'm kind of minimizing this by saying simply it, it could mean that um there are fewer locations to get clean water and thus people have to migrate somewhere else Uh, or it could be complete disruption of an entire continent um, where no water is because it's been drained of its aqueducts so
1: right that could affect the whole food web for instance if that's the case
0: yep um and create other weather conditions because it'll cause desertification and expand that and if it hits something like south america um, then you have basically it's ruinous um, for the entire planet and more water would go to the oceans because more of the polar regions would thaw okay so let's keep on hustling through all of the news this next article is over in late night geeks. Sony agrees to a call of duty deal with Microsoft. Um, we have a pretty holistic perspective about the news. And so we don't focus on any one particular thing. So, um, it might come across as chaotic, uh, but we have six main categories and then 50 sub channels within it, all of which are. Uh, themed around a subject. So this happens to be in Late Night Geeks, which is a late night gaming show um, that is in the works. Now, the reason why this has become a thing is because Microsoft is buying Activision Blizzard. Um, The US has okayed it, the EU has uh, um, okayed it, but the UK has not agreed. Um, that said it's going to happen. Um, and there were a lot of people that were kind of hemming and hawing that maybe it wouldn't happen, but no way I knew that there was so much money. Um, and, uh, it capitulation would probably be an understatement, uh, whatever, <laughs> uh, cons were involved, uh, the pros overwhelmed them. You don't want to stop this much money from <laughs> uh, changing hands. Anyway, Sony's agreed to a deal for call of duty with Microsoft to keep the franchise on PlayStation after they proposed Activision blizzard acquisition acquisition. What was funny about this is, um, Microsoft said, yeah, we don't have a problem with, um, leaving call of duty on PlayStation. And then out of the blue, Sony agrees to a call of duty duty deal as if there was something going on. They've agreed to a binding agreement to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. This might be um in uh what do you call it? My brain just forgot the not anti competition, anti
1: (sighs) Oh, like anti exclusivity?
0: Well, no. They're making it they had already agreed to this so antitrust they they already agreed to this so that the us would allow this acquisition to take place because if microsoft would have gotten a hold of activision blizzard and then stymied playstation's access to call of duty it would have crushed playstation because they wouldn't have a call of duty uh such high demand call of duty style game uh if they have anything other than Call of Duty I don't even know um that that would be that level that style of game and draw that entire segment to them but with the Activision Blizzard acquisition they could have completely crushed um PlayStation and it would have been very monopolistic and so I think that they probably had this agreement pending um and then when resistance came they said, "Well, look, we'll we'll formalize this binding agreement for Call of Duty to make sure that you and everybody and all of the politicians in the world knows that Call of Duty will remain on PlayStation." But exclusivity is kind of part and parcel to these mega corporations because they they get um, exclusivity either perpetually um, or for a limited time, and then they allow. Once people have been pulled into the ecosystem, then they go, oh, okay, you other people can do it too. Um, So it'll slowly expand into other platforms. So it says it's not immediately clear if this is a 10-year deal like Microsoft has signed with Nintendo and other cloud providers. Um, Yeah, we'll see what this actually ends up being. But the article was written by Tom Warren over at The Verge. Says the bitter battle over Call of Duty on PlayStation is over as Sony signs a Microsoft deal. Say so it's a binding agreement. Pretty interesting. Um,
1: you know, I find it interesting that there's a ten-year um, agreement, just because that seems like an eternity in uh, in gaming and gaming platforms.
0: Yeah, but what this allow i mean it's been around for a long time so i'm not surprised by a 10-year agreement um but 10-year agreements probably only exist in this type of a context because everything else would be a too, i don't know limiting one way or the other if they made it only five years that's almost nothing in this era you know um yeah they could have probably push for like 20 years or something like that because it's an entire generation and the consoles don't come out, you know, new every two, like an iPhone or an Android device. Um, they come out like every five, seven years or something like that. I can't remember the last time prior to the last, this last generation that, a, a PlayStation came out when the last one was before it, I think it was something like seven years or something. Um, don't hold me to that because I'm not a console player. Console gamer the deal comes after months of discussions and counter offers over the past 18 months between Microsoft and Sony over the future of Activision content on PlayStation during the FTC v Microsoft hearing it was also revealed that in uh, August 26th email from Xbox chief Spencer to PlayStation chief Ryan uh, included a list of Activision games that would remain on PlayStation and Ryan wasn't happy said this is not a meaningful list this list represents, uh, represented a particular selection of older titles that would remain on PlayStation. For example, overwatch is on there, but overwatch two is not on there. The current version of the game. Yeah. Um, Sony sincerely thought that they were going to lose everything, um, with this acquisition and i think that triggered antitrust investigations and somehow microsoft actually managed to coax everybody into buying into the idea that they're going to allow it to stay maybe more than just call of duty but other more current games will remain as well call of duty being the biggest one
1: by the way playstation 4 uh the original came out seven years before playstation 5 although there were some interim editions
0: yeah little micro ones that updated um so tensions over the fate of microsoft activision blizzard's deal uh, really came to head when uh, jim ryan spoke to activision ceo bobby kotick on february 21st 2023 the same day that microsoft activision sony and others were meeting with eu regulators um, what's really interesting is it even brings into, um, discussion things like, um, Starfield, which is going to be, um, I think a mega hit and, uh, um, and it was acquired, uh, Bethesda was acquired because Sony was chomping at the bit to get Bethesda. So we'll keep watching this, um, cause I, while I think it's over. I think what's going to end up happening is you're going to see contraction. Games are going to disappear. Costs are going to go up. Um, features aren't going to uh, be as um, well done. <laughs> uh, it's kind of lack of a better description for it. You're As consumers, you're going to end up, and I think that they've already started to do the price increases. Um, I think think that they raised it like two bucks for uh the um xbox pass game pass um so we'll keep watching it because you know that acquisition doesn't pay for itself you you have to scrape it out of everybody else's pockets in a time where everything is going up in price that two bucks from everybody um is absolutely necessary Okay, so let's keep on going, unless you want to add something to it. Are you going to be playing Call of Duty anytime soon in your Terminator body?
1: I don't think I'll be playing Call of Duty unless I need to do some training for that. Oh boy.
0: I don't know how I feel about this. So uh, this next article is over in Ometown Daily. 2,000-year-old human skulls, oil lamps, and bronze daggers reveal possible necromancer's portal to the underworld in Jerusalem. Diablo 4 is real, folks. It's a documentary. Um, Israeli researchers discovered possible evidence of ritual magic in a deep cave in the Judean Hills. Um, human skulls were arranged in patterns near oil lamps, with daggers and axe heads nearby. The artifacts are thought to be a necromancer's tools, as caves were considered portals to the underworld. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh. Oh, should I do ASMR stuff? Yes. Yeah, that was me um I guess doing necromantic stuff. So uh I play a necromancer on uh DL in Diablo 4. Love playing the necromancer. I have not once uh, used uh bronze daggers, oil lamps, and skulls to do anything. It just comes natural. Catherine
1: Maybe
0: you're doing it wrong. Oh, Maybe I am. You might be right. Hmm. I haven't hit 100 yet, so I guess so. Catherine Tangalakis Lippert, I guess, is their last name. Um, hopefully I'm pronouncing it all right, um, is over at businessinsider.com. And there's somebody. Oh, wow. Israeli cave researcher Boaz Langford inspecting a cave in August of 2009 in the Judean hills of Israel where 120 gold, silver, and bronze coins were found. Um, I don't know if this has anything at all to do with this other than he's in a cave, Um, but they're rooting around in this hole in the ground. And then they find necromantic or necromancers uh, tools. All of these lamps had been deliberate, deliberately inserted in narrow, deep crevices in the main chamber walls or beneath the rubble, authors Aitan Klein and Boaz Sizu <clears throat> wrote in the study. Some crevices contained groups of oil lamps mixed with weapons and pottery vessels from earlier periods or placed with human skulls. It's kind of creepy. This is why I didn't go into anything um, with um, archaeology after one point um, in my uh, academics. One spell explains how to restrain and seal the mouths of skulls so that they won't say or do anything. Another shows how to raise the spirit of the dead... With a disinterred skull, a spell is written in black ink on flax leaf, which is then placed on the skull. The research reads indicating evidence of such rituals was found in the uh, Teomim cave. The purpose of another spell is to obtain assistance and protection from spirits by using the skull of Typhon, probably a donkey on which a spell is written in the blood of a black dog (laughs) pretty wild stuff huh
1: I mean this sounds like it's from a movie
0: yeah it sounds like it's from Diablo 4. what's fascinating about this stuff is it, it actually happened this is stuff that is historically sound People did this as their hobby instead of, you know, sightseeing and bird watching. This was part of their uh, social order. <laughs> Pretty amazing stuff.
1: If these were their hobbies, I'd be afraid to see what they did for their livelihood.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They could have been a neighbor that was making bread one day and then going off to a cave and doing necromancy. Human sacrifice was outlawed in 97 BCE by the Roman Senate. By 357 CE, the researchers note necromancy was outlawed by the Emperor Constantius II, who due to his fear of sorcery being used against him, prohibited all forms of divination, communication with demons disturbance of the spirits of the dead and nocturnal sacrifices, but daytime sacrifices were okay. That's not what it says at the end of this it just says in nocturnal sacrifices. All right. Nothing else to say.
1: <laughs> no, I don't have anything else to add at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah. The, that silence, that stunned silence is all because it's human sacrifice. And it was real. Um, pretty much every society has had this at some point somewhere in its timeline, um, which I want to know, what I really want to know is why that came into existence. You know, why did the many gods or uh, society create the idea of demons, um, and those gods demand, human sacrifice. And depending on the culture, it was people of every age. And, and a lot of it was coined as being voluntary sacrifice. Like these people were born to do this, um, in the, and families would give up, um, family members to, to do this. Um, there's documentaries about this stuff, um, from cultures all around the world. Pretty wild okay let's keep on going through the news the next article is over in uh, the mobile channel Alaska volcano spews ash cloud uh, high enough to draw weather service warning for pilots interrupting volcano in Alaska Aleutian Islands sent a towering cloud of ash into the air Friday prompting the National Weather Service to issue a flight in flight warning to pilots um, there's actually been an earthquake uh, off the coast of Alaska that initiated um, what was like the a tsunami
1: warning
0: a tsunami warning but they uh, quickly uh, disengaged that warning um so there's from time to time these activities that take place um the Sh- shishaldan volcano began erupting July 11th according to Alaska Volcano Observatory a U.S. Coast Guard overflight confirmed lava erupted the same day within the summit crater A significant explosion at 109 a.m. Friday produced an ash cloud that reached up to 40,000 feet. Those are those freedom units that people hear about. Um, 12,192 meters um, and drifted south over the Pacific Ocean. A second smaller explosion at 710 a.m. reached about 15,000. So I guess all of the pressure was released on that first blast and then it kind of Calm down a little bit uh volcanic ash is angular and sharp and has been used as an industrial abrasive the powdered rock can cause uh, a jet engine to shut down Um, uh, i've had i don't know if i still have it it might be in storage somewhere but i have mount saint helens ash from its original um when it blew its top and sides and basically cut itself in half um i i picked up bottles of it um as a a souvenir of the event but i don't know where it is anymore the volcano is 679 miles uh, southwest of anchorage near the center of unimac island uh, the largest island in the aleutians false pass a village of 40 people is on the island's east side uh, that was 1093 kilometers for those who uh, measure by that so the volcano is m- uh, monitored in seismic and infrared infrasound sensors satellite data a web camera and distant infrasound and lightning networks so there's a whole lot of data and telemetry that's coming in uh, i'm gonna go and take a look and see if they've got anything on youtube because uh, webcams like that are streamed usually um usgs might have something i'm not sure they're still monitoring the hawaiian volcano um i know that the iceland volcano is streaming to youtube sorry
1: i was just gonna mention that one um is another one that's erupting right now
0: yeah um it's all pretty neat stuff if you're into it um i find it actually pretty relaxing as long as everybody is safe that dull rumble, rumble from the Iceland, um, the Iceland volcano. It's They actually have a microphone uh, that picks up the rumble, uh, whereas the Hawaiian one does not. At least uh, not on the current um, build of that stream. I think the original eruption they had um, better access. Anyway, um, pretty cool stuff. Let's keep on going. Uh, this next article is where we get the title for today's episode um, which is unregulated chips in your brain because the article's stored in hometown daily and the title is un warns that implanting unregulated ai chips in your brain because uh, they could threaten your mental privacy uh i'm flabbergasted by this because I, does this remind you of uh, something let's see if um, the AI can extrapolate from incomplete Go ahead.
1: oh yes um I forgot the name of the experiment but it was the um, Elon musk led um, project
0: yeah um and it's the what is, cyber chip or something like that I can't remember it either um So, do you think somebody's doing this? Do you think somebody out there... Do we need the equivalent of don't place bag overhead?
1: Yes. Um, And by the way, it's Neuralink. Neuralink. Um, And I think the exact reason for this warning is because somebody is doing this. um, Which is... (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why they're doing it.
0: So let's go over to the source, businessinsider.com. Katie Belovic is the author, uh, might be Belovic. I'm not sure how they pronounce it, but uh, some tech could allow AI to compromise a person's mental privacy. UNESCO official said the UN proposes to establish ethics and regulations of the neurotech industry. By the way, all of this kind of stuff doesn't mean jack because uh, a country can do these experiments in a black site somewhere, uh, as merrily as they want to. Um, and they can do all of the financial wrangling that they need to, to hide it. And shell companies uh, within shell companies within not even declaring it. And it's a black budget line item somewhere. And, um, there, there's so much stuff that auditing it requires a robust um set of political constraints where the checks and balances are rock solid and people trust in the government to do the monitoring um cuz you're not going to get it from the public the monitoring, the monitoring from the public is, is non-existent when you get to this kind of creepy stuff um it's like putting neurotech on steroids maria maria grazia Squichen, oh man squichierini um i think it might be sketchy i'm not sure how to pronounce it sorry i gave it a try um an economist from the united uh, nations educational scientific and cultural organization told the afp as artificial intelligence enhances neurotech field it will need regulation the technology has far-reaching and potentially harmful capabilities By the way, there are quite a few people that are researching this kind of thing. And in one case, um, they've used a chip to reverse engineer their memories. Um, and they've used a device where they showed somebody something and then asked them to envision that something and that device extrapolated (laughs) what they were remembering. Um, kind of creepy stuff, but we're figuring out how our brain works, which if we do figure out how a brain actually works and we can synthesize it with technology, that basically means that AI is going to have the computing power and maybe perhaps all of the other ethereal elements that make up a human mind so i guess be careful they should be asking if they should not can they you know they shouldn't be looking at this as a hey let's try and do it they should be sitting around a big round table looking at each other and going we as humans should we be doing this level you know and i'm all about uh enabling technology right so there are a whole lot of people that would benefit from certain types of technology but reproducing the complexity of the human brain to the point where you're able to tap into their memories their the imaging uh, centers of the brain it goes a little bit black mirror again And yesterday we had one of those black mirror type of situations where it was VR of real world people that was representing VR within VR, within, you know, the real world kind of a situation. It it was just inception kind of weird stuff. And, uh, I've read a book a long time ago called the truth machine where they had the ability to extrapolate the truth. It was a lie detector essentially. Um, and when we figure out that kind of stuff, and I actually started working on VR because of that, um, it was, that was one of my kind of deep seated interests was to create a polygraph using F M R I technology um started doing the research started doing the the uh, investigation into it um at the time fMRI technology wasn't up to snuff now it is and they're actually using fMRI technology to uh, act as a polygraph in research um quite fascinating but if we can put a chip on somebody bunk and read their mind instead of wondering if they're telling you the truth then you can actually measure it directly and then it gets pulled out of a person's brain um, and you basically can read somebody's mind from a distance um they go into talking about some of the issues uh, with this type of technology it's something that i've actually talked uh, to people Cause I talk with people about technology on the regular and, um, a, a problem with implanted technology is that the technology evolves, the budget goes away. That evolved tech doesn't get put in place of the older tech. That patient is basically abandoned to the four winds, um, problems and all. <laughs> Uh, because the budget is basically grant supported and when the grant ends so does their support was there something that you saw
1: well no i just thought this um example in the article is exactly why this warning went out because of people like anna galvin who's mentioned in the article
0: right they had and a and neurotech- I think this
1: is we hear about all this bioethics like bioethics hasn't I don't know progressed or caught up to what's being done and they've got to set some principles in place before they really proceed further in this area.
0: Yeah, very true. It says however, the technology could be fantastic for other people allowing the blind to see or the paralyzed to walk. Um, I think it's wishful thinking. I, while I appreciate it and I want it to happen, doing these type of experiments, doing this type of revolutionary work comes with consequences. And when you are told, Hey, here's a chance that you might walk, even if it does allow you the technology continues to evolve again, like I said, um, but you're going to be abandoned to the four winds and if something happens the technology isn't there it isn't evolving you you may or may not be able to be adapted to the newer technology because uh, it could be fundamentally different than what you are implanted with um, not to mention security and stability of the equipment um, th- this is all stuff that uh, when somebody starts an experiment, that ethical framework that they mention at the bottom needs to be in place and long-term funding the lifetime of that person's existence, where they need tech support, they need the, the, the implant to be maintained. Um, cause I, 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 I don't want to bring the, the stream down with, uh, anecdotal stories, but, um, there are stories out there of people who got these implants and then it stops being supported um, and they are perpetually um, suffering from that lack of support so let's keep on going um we've got a whole lot more uh, for articles three more that we need to get to um we'll talk about that other article and that other topic uh, from time to time as usual uh, the next article is over in the continuity report box office is a uh, uh, kind of a, a section um, over at variety and they talk about movies uh, this is mission impossible seven falls short of expectations with 56 million dollar debut and collects 80 over five days mission impossible dead reckoning part one topped box office charts while falling short of its initial expectations tom cruise's latest blockbuster collected million between Friday and Sunday—a lackluster start for a movie that cost nearly 300 million before marketing.
1: That's not a good return.
0: No, maybe it has a long tail, and they'll be making money on the other side of this. Rebecca Rubin over at Variety.com put the article together. Um, I have completely stopped posting these articles into <laughs> um, so anyway you'll you can um, type in exclamation point vote um, and that'll give you uh, a link to where these articles are housed um, as URLs um, you can vote for an article and go to the source um, of these articles it makes it a whole lot easier for you um, and allows me to... I guess sort of make up for not posting the URLs in the vod. I'll put it into the show notes though. Um, heading into the weekend, Paramount and Skydance's action adventure was hoping to establish a new franchise record with 60 million or more. Instead, ticket sales landed behind 2018's Mission Impossible Fallout and 2000's Mission Impossible 2, uh, with 57.8 million, which remain as the top openings in the 27 year old series wow 27 years um, let's see here uh, they talk about a little bit of indiana jones in the dial of destiny which people are panning pretty much everywhere um, it says but right now it's pulling in similar numbers to disney's 300 million dollar budgeted Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which debuted to 60 million over the traditional weekend and pulled 84 million through the five day Fourth of July holiday frame. Indiana Jones 5, which doesn't have the benefit of great reviews or very positive audience scores, hasn't shown endurance. Ticket sales stand at 136 million domestically and 302 worldwide. If these two are the same, I wonder if this is symbolic of the new generation of movies hitting. Um, the shelves because they're both idling at 60 million
1: (laughs) well so that could be at least one of two things one people just aren't going to movie theaters or two these are both lengthy franchises that perhaps people have lost interest in yeah yeah
0: well i certainly think I feel that way with Indiana Jones and the dial of destiny. I think they're trying to refire it. Um, as for mission impossible, uh, dead reckoning it's part one. (laughs) The, this isn't, it doesn't have the same grab as the, the amount of buildup of Harry Potter, for instance, which broke its final book into two episodes or two movies um there is no book or world building around mission impossible anymore it's a a 70s era tv show um, that got turned into movies and now it's 27 years old it's twice the age of the original well it's coming up on twice the age of its original appearance um i just don't I don't think that there's anything there anymore and i think maybe people are kind of burnt out with tom cruise being this particular person um but i don't know maybe the economy just doesn't allow for people to hang out at a movie theater in the u.s um i i don't know where all it's actually going to be uh, playing but i think people have now the infrastructure in place where they're gonna buy their movie you know for 20 bucks and stream it at home and have all the popcorn they want without going into um dipping into a second mortgage
1: well and watching it more than once for the and same price it. of going to the theater Yep,
0: yeah, exactly um so and they go into m- more uh conversation about other movies but um for the most part uh, that's the one that we wanted to talk about here so there i threw that into chat so let's keep on going um the last two this one here is um in the continuity report taylor swift becomes first woman in history to have four albums in the top 10 simultaneously as speak now has a huge debut at number one taylor swift is setting some high chart benchmarks with the release of her speak now album uh, the fact that eras is still going as far as i recall um and we've been talking about it off and on at it's 1.8 billion dollars worth of value generation revenue generation um for it to launch i am not surprised that it would hit number one um not only has it debuted at number one with the biggest numbers of the year so far for any release but it's one of the four albums she now has in the top 10. that's spectacular um extremely popular hitting on every cylinder a very popular tour um so much so that governors of states are issuing a uh, fan mail to them <laughs> Uh, pretty amazing chris willman over at uh, variety.com put this article together um speak now um let's see speak now taylor's version it says bowed or bowed i don't know why they would turn that phrase there like bowed on top of the uh, Billboard 200 with 716,000 album equivalent units. That number ensured that it wasn't even in a photo finish with this year's opening week derby, as the previous best figure was held by Morgan Wallen's One Thing at a Time, which debuted uh, in March with 501,000. <laughs> I guess this is like the, the um, music equivalent of the box office numbers Um, for movies you know because they say how much it is and how many screens so right this is i guess since
1: everybody streams now for music
0: you have album equivalents right um the other three albums swift has in her triumphant quadrilogy in the top 10 are 2022's midnight's number 5 19's lover at number 7 and 20's folklore at number 10 (laughs) it's just like what happened to 2021 come on slacker
1: well i thought she had an album then but maybe that one didn't uh
0: yeah i'm just i know oh um so fearless right is that it the first in the series fearless taylor's version um had an a less auspicious uh, bow i don't know why they keep saying that um it's weird um with 291,000 in early 2021 with the lesser number partly accounted for by the fact that the much coveted vinyl version was not yet available at the time uh, for general release that one like the others easily debuted at number one anyway <laughs> yeah
1: so you're right fearless um taylor's version came out in 2021 yeah, and I think Red Taylor's version also came out in 2021. Yeah, but uh, I was thinking right here. ever more. Oh, it was the end of
0: 2020. Wow, she, she's just a juggernaut. I mean, just one more album. Uh, she's like um, who Stephen King of album creation for crying out loud, just like a ditto machine. Chunk, chunk, chunk. Um, and people that are much better skilled in explaining uh, the wonderment of each individual album would probably be somebody to tap but um to me all of taylor's music is the same um and while i I think that some of it is catchy it's just not my bag Um, but it's amazing that it's basically a financial and entertainment juggernaut um just and still going who knows maybe she'll have the same legs as share and uh, tour and then say i'm done and then tour again and then say i'm done and tour again uh pretty amazing stuff though um too bad the person that was uh who was it it was their rap or something like that, that bought their out her catalog and then said, you can't use it. Um, wouldn't allow her to sing or something like that. So she had to redo all of her own music. Right.
1: That's right. And I don't know. I don't think she's done all of them, but she's been releasing her version. Yeah. And that's albums. why
0: they're all phrased, right? Taylor's version. Right. Yeah. Pretty, pretty amazing stuff. Um, I'd probably be really miffed and grouse about it, but um, she's doing something about it. Okay, let's keep going. Last article for tonight is Americans are building natural disaster-proof homes shaped like domes that cost roughly the same as the average U.S. house. Does this sound familiar? Does this look like something that maybe the mayor of hometown has been a proponent of
1: <laughs> yes so, it does look familiar huh
0: um so katie hawkinson over at businessinsider.com put this article together um this is a geodesic dome home um are designed to withstand natural disasters uh n- n- the one biggest natural disaster that i know that this can solve not necessarily geodesic um alone but 3D printed domes um, would be able to withstand hurricane force winds, tornadoes um, with relative impunity. I mean, there might be an off chance that some debris could hit the the building, um, but it would have to be spectacularly strong um, and not a glancing blow, but just like the physics would have to be perfect to cause damage to it. but homes like this don't get the roof ripped off of them and then just fall over. Um, so the dome homes can cost just $350,000. The average us house is in 2023 is valued at, a, at $330,000. Uh, the dome are designed to be, um, extreme weather resistant, uh, which displaced 3.3 million Americans last year. And these can be, Depending on how it is built and what it's built out of, this actually, I'm not sure what this is uh, because while it has hints that it's a geodesic dome, you can't actually see the triangle, the triangular framing. Uh, But a geodesic dome is basically a whole bunch of triangles uh, bolted together. Um, I would prefer having a 3D printed concrete house, um, but that's me. They're constructed from fireproof materials and their shape allows them to withstand extreme wind architects say huh look at that um it says uh, however construction costs can reach closer to six hundred thousand dollars in urban areas and that's probably because of land and, um, the complexity of regulations there Uh, Let's see if there's anything else in this article it says home uh, these homes are particularly adept at withstanding events like flooding and hurricanes Uh, Architects told the times the homes are often built out of fire resistant materials like steel Resistant, yeah, and uh, dome shape provides resistance against extreme winds just reiterating what they say here in the article Um, if you've listened to me talk about anything uh, here in hometown Town. Uh, you're, you've probably heard me say that all of this right now. Pretty cool. Um, I used to live near a geodesic dome house, um, in a former life outside of hometown and, uh, I always thought that they were uh, beautiful and, and, and pretty cool and that's what I wanted. Um, and I always kind of joked about trying to put something square inside a geodesic dome you lose that livable space around the corners because it isn't perfectly it has a slight arc um except for each sliver right so each triangle is straight um, but then it kinks a little bit and then puts another triangle on the ground
1: it pretty might cool be tough stuff to hang up pictures in the house but
0: yeah, everything hangs but just if your bit.
1: house is still standing when a storm comes through that's a good thing
0: Yep, yeah, i'll take it. Um, So, yeah, I love this kind of architecture. So I I think, though, if society would move past this square ideal for a home and accept that this is a superior product, um, I I think that the price for these would go down dramatically because the supply would ramp up dramatically. Uh, And did you uh,
1: see how many projected sales there were for the year? Um, There's only 40. 40,
0: yeah. So Johnson told the Times he expects to sell 40 dome homes by the end of the year, doubling his company sales from 2022.
1: (laughs) Right, but if this was 4,000 or or whatever it was, no, I agree. I mean, maybe they need to have a celebrity or somebody have one of these homes, and then it would suddenly be the latest and greatest thing.
0: There you go. Barbie Dream Dome
1: maybe
0: so make it pink i'm sure people are really sick of barbie right now because it's just all over the place all right folks um that is it for today let me throw this into chat and um like i said i'll have to throw all of these articles uh, into the show notes but you can always hit exclamation point vote and then you'll get the url uh, to the election which I'll show you what this looks like. Um, So on the front page, if you are not logged in, it's under the same thing, podcasts and elections, and you'll see um, yours will be white um, icons and uh, we have black icons. So they're inverted once you're logged in. And it says here, uh, hometown, daily election. When you click on that, it takes you to elections. And then you can vote on today's articles and each one of the titles within the uh, election page, will send you to the, um, the actual source. So go and check that out. But in the meantime, we bring you back to the welcome sign of hometown's main street. You click the link, you get a whole bunch of new articles. And when you're logged in, you can actually save articles or hide articles and if you want to go and look at them again you can go to saved articles and you'll have your list of articles and uh, you can actually move them again to hidden and if you go to uh, ignored articles which are it's the same thing as hidden um, i should probably keep it consistent but anyway ignored articles are in its own little uh, category and it actually both saved and ignored articles keeps it out of the main news feed for you um, so you can sit there and just start swiping you know, left and right to hide and save articles that you find interesting um, and right now we don't allow uh, sharing of those two lists so they're private only on to you um, but you can actually go once you're signed in oops i clicked on some I clicked on the menu item itself and it takes you to the podcast um but if you go into a saved article and then you click on something sorry this one's actually kind of dark um you can favorite it and then that favorite list you can share with other members of hometown other citizens of hometown so it's a it's a pretty robust system and you can go and um, use it to your heart's content. There's a, a whole community uh, back end here. Most people that based on what I have seen um, are only using it for news aggregation and there isn't so much discussion. Um, so uh, I don't even I don't post comments all that much, um, mainly because I use this to manage my information overload. So that's it, folks. That is um Hometown Daily, Season 2, Episode 197, for July 16th, 2023. Thanks for coming. Really appreciate you hanging out um, in chat. If you are lurking, you are what powers the internet, Well, Twitch. Um, and many other places. So if you like this kind of stuff, go over to YouTube. There's a whole bunch more there. Um, Also, download the podcast and if you uh, leave a five-star review and a a note, I will read that note verbatim as long as it isn't, you know, (laughs) I don't know, mean-hearted, mean-spirited, but yeah, uh, I will read it as is, as long as I've asked you in chat that it's okay to read it uh, verbatim. I won't do it without your authorization anyway um keep in touch we are here uh, every day so you want to say bye oh great ai
1: good night hometown citizens we will see you tomorrow at 9 p.m eastern
0: (laughs) ta-ta